Amen. I'm glad he'll take us through it all. And it's a song that's fitting for uh, the message this morning. And um, I, I just uh, I thank the Lord that he'll take us through it all. We're going to be in the book of Ezekiel this morning. You can turn to chapter 1, the uh, end of chapter 1. Um, Ezekiel is a, a prophet of God. He is one that, that, that God spoke through. And um, he's the one that God used to, he's one of the ones, let me put it that way, that he, God used to show Israel, his children, the children of Israel, the God's chosen people. He's the one that God used, he used Ezekiel to, to tell them about the judgment that will come upon Israel for their or disobedience, their, their adulterous ways, he, as he puts it. He's the one that, that pronounced judgment upon the children of Israel and told them exactly what God told him to tell them. And it was not something very, um, it wasn't something that was very easy to do, I'm sure. It wasn't something that he looked forward to doing. I'm sure it was something that he was no doubt probably like, Man, I don't know if I want to do this or not, you know. And there's a lot of times as 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 prophets and then preachers and pastors and that sometimes you got to say the things that you don't feel comfortable saying, but they have to be done. And I thank God for Ezekiel and he was able to do those things that he was able to warn the children of Israel and he was able to do it even though God told him they're not going to listen to you. He's still done it anyway. And then uh, Ezekiel is uh, prophesying to those children of Israel that were in Babylon in the captivity over there. They were the children of Israel was uh, taken captive, I believe, three times, and I believe this was the second captivity of the children of Israel that uh, Ezekiel was caught up in that captivity. Uh, Jeremiah was still in Israel at the time, and, and if you read the book of Jeremiah, he was prophesying the same thing that Ezekiel was prophesying at the same time. Just in, he was telling all the Israelites over in over in Jerusalem. Jeremiah was. He's over in Jerusalem telling all the Israelites there what was going to happen. And Ezekiel's over in Babylon telling all the children of Israel what was going to happen in Jerusalem and all the judgment that was going to come upon the children of Israel because of their disobedience to God. Now, we read through this, and I'm telling you, there's so much in the book of Ezekiel that I will not get all of it. I won't keep you here all, all week. Because that's probably how long it would take to get through it all. But we will just try to get through some. I'm going to try to go through and hit some of the things that I see are things that I'm sure God's sick of, of the United States of America. I would say, looking at what he told the children of Israel, his chosen people, I'm sick of this. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm through. Judgment's coming. I believe you could say that about a lot of things that are going on in our country today. And I believe that, uh, I believe you, you remember the fight that wasn't long ago where people were going to fight about taking un, one nation under God out of the a Pledge of Allegiance. Well, I believe they were almost right because we are not one nation under God anymore. And we are not indivisible because we are divided as a country. I mean, we are, I, I feel like us as Christians, we are in the minority in the, in the country of the United States of America today. Our country was founded upon religious beliefs. Our country was founded on God. And I believe that if our country doesn't repent, and then we're in trouble. 
And I believe that's the message that God was giving to the children of Israel, that if you do not repent, it's coming. The judgment's coming. It's coming. And I believe that we're headed in that path as a country as well. But uh, do not fret, you Christians, because I believe God will see us through it all. Right? Through it all. He'll see us through it all. So anyway, in uh, the book of Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 28, the very last sentence in verse 28, it says, and well, I will tell you what happened in chapter 1, just a brief summary of chapter 1. Chapter 1, God, come, God reveals the cherubim to Ezekiel. He, he sends down, he gives uh, Ezekiel a, a vision of the cherubim. He gives them the, the great vision of, of the wheels among the wheels and the wheels within the wheels and the four faces of the cherubim. I'm not going to get into all that. But you think about the four faces of the cherubim, how one face was like a line, and that was the kingship of God. You think one, one of the faces was an ox, and that was a symbol of the servant of God, a servant. Uh, the face of man represents his perfect humanity, and, that's, um, and the eagle soaring overhead symbolizes his deity. And you, t- you take those, you take the kingship, the servant, the perfect humanity, and you take the deity, and you look at... You line those up with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those were what those, I believe Josh had mentioned it a couple, uh, last or two Sunday nights ago when he was preaching about uh, in the book of Mark and he was talking about what those four books of the Bible, you look at Jesus' life and the four areas of Jesus' life as him being a, a servant, him being perfect humanity, and him being a king, and him being and his deity. And you look at those, those, all these things line up. But anyway, he saw the great vision of the cherubim here. And now, and at the ver- at chapter 28, the last uh, sentence there, it says, And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I, and I heard a voice of one that spake. In chapter 2, verse 1, and it says, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet. And I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation, rebellious nation, that hath rebelled against me. They have their fathers, they and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. For they are impotent children and stiff hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. And they, whether they will hear, or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. So he's saying here, I'm going to send you to these people, stiff-hearted, I'm telling you, uh, stubborn, impotent children. He says, they're a rebellious house, a rebellious nation. He says, I'm going to send you to them. He says, whether they forbear or whether they not, whether they hear or whether they do not hear, I'm sending them to you. And I'm sending them to you. I'm sending you to them because... When they stand before me one day, they're going to try to say, well, nobody told us. And I'm going to say, what about Ezekiel? And they're going to say, oh, yeah, that's right. So he's saying, I'm sending you to tell them what I've told you to tell them so that they can never stand before me and say, well, nobody told me or nobody warned me. Well, that sounds a lot like the world today where there are people telling the whole world, but nobody's listening, right? There's people out there preaching that are preached. You think about Billy Graham and how many years that he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world and how many people listened, how many people heard, how many people in this nation today are rejecting the word. Word of God. 
who are not listening or not hearing, but they cannot say that nobody ever told me because they have heard and they will know that Jesus is Lord of, the, uh, Lord of their lives. I can't, there's going to be those that stand before God one day and say, well, nobody told me. And they're going to say, well, what about Josh Green when he stood up that time? Or what about Josh Green when he, when he prophesied? What about, not prophesied, but when he, when he witnessed to you? Well, what about that time that you talked to maybe Bryson at work and he told you about it? What about that time that you talked to one of those other people from the West Side Baptist Church at work and they told you that this was going to happen? And they told you that if you didn't put your faith in Jesus Christ, that you were going to perish. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And there's going to be people stand before God and say, well, I never knew, I never heard. But He's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. There's going to be those in this world and in this country that are going to suffer before God one day. They're going to try to stand before Him and lie about it. But there's no lying to God. He knows all things, right? But I see that in this country today. I see people that are rejecting the Word of God. I, I see people that are turning their backs on, on the Word of God, turning their back on God and, and departing from Him and, 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 and straying away from, from what we as a country were founded upon, and that is the Word of God. You, you, take about, you think about our, our government was even set up based upon the Word of God. Our government, even the, the four parts of our government were taken out of the book of, I believe it's Isaiah where he talked about how the judge and, and the Congress and pretty much we founded everything in the United States are based upon the Word of God. I wish I had that Scripture with me. Forgive me, I don't. But we were based, we were founded on the Word of God. And here we are departed from it so, uh, so many years later. But I see the difficulty of the task ahead here. And, 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 and Ezekiel, he's saying, well, God, you're wanting me to go talk to these people. And what you're telling me is they're stiff-hearted. What you're telling me is they're impotent children. What you're telling me is, basically, they're not going to listen to what I have to say. But i got to do it anyway, right, Lord? Yes, you have to do it. So that they'll know that there was a prophet among you. In verse 6 here, it says, And thou, son of man, listen to this. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them. This is God. This is... This, I, I hear God speaking to the church today. I hear this when he says this to Ezekiel. He says, Thou son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, then though thou, then thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. How many times are we going to talk about being a rebellious house? Are we not a rebellious nation today? Are we not a rebellious country today? But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be, that, be not thou rebellious like the rebellious house. Open thy mouth and eat, eat that I give thee. And when I looked... Behold, a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. And he spread it before me, and it was written within and without. And there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe. What he's telling him is, I've given you, he's sending him a scroll. He's sending this scroll to Isaiah, and here's, he says, This is what you're going to pronounce to them. You're going to pronounce to them lamentations and mournings and woe. What he's, I mean, Ezekiel's like, Man, I've got to be the bearer of bad news here, basically. I'm going to have to go tell all these people who are not going to listen, who are not going to hear, who are not going to heed to the warning. I'm going to have to tell them all the lamentation, all the woe, all the mourning that they're fixing to go through because they have turned 
turn their back on God because they are not putting their faith and trust in Him. They are doing their own thing when they need to be trusting in the Lord. He he has delivered this children of Israel so many times out of bondage. So many times out of distress. So many times that that He's come through for the children of Israel. Wandering 40 40 years in the wilderness. And guess who's taking care of them? God is taking care of them. Guess who the one is that helped them cross the Red Sea on dry ground? That was God that took care of them. Guess who's the one who got them out of bondage in Egypt? That was God who took care of them. And now, they've turned to their idols. and They've turned to their adulterous ways. They've turned to their their, their flesh. the lust of the flesh. They've turned from all these things. Turned from God to turn to the things of this world. And I see that today so much in the world that we live in. A rebellious house. A rebellious nation. That's what we live in today is a rebellious nation. A nation who is not giving God what His glory. Not giving God what is due Him. Not giving God the praise that He needs. So here, Ezekiel's saying, I've got to take this scroll. He told him to eat this scroll. And he had to eat this scroll. And I want you to notice in in verse 3 of chapter 3, it was sweet in my mouth as honey is sweetness. Think about what was on that scroll. And he said, you know what? You know what that tells me? God's Word, no matter what it is, it's sweet like honey. It's right. It's righteous. It is a righteous judgment. I'm telling you, what God does is right. Whether the world agrees with it or not, it's right. Nobody can argue with the rightness of God, the righteousness of God. Nobody can argue with that. And what Ezekiel saying, mourning, lamentation, and woe, that scroll. He said, I took that and, and I ate that scroll and that scroll was sweet like honey because God's Word is sweet. It doesn't matter. One of these days, I've, I believe Bryson has told me one day, one time he was talking about it, he said, I believe when I get to heaven and I'm there and he, and he tells, he says, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be the person I'm closest to in life. He said, if, they, if God says that depart from me, you work for iniquity, he said, I believe I'll be standing there saying amen because what God's judgment is right. It's right, right? doesn't matter who you are. If you don't put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you will suffer the wrath of God. Uh, chapter 3, verse 7 and 9, 7 through 9, it says this, But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, they won't listen, for they will not hearken unto me. So they won't listen to you, they won't listen to me either. So don't feel too bad about it. For all the house of Israel are impotent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made, I've made thy face, listen to what he tells Ezekiel, he says, I've made thy face, that, uh, thy face strong against their face. And they, thy forehead strong against their forehead. And as an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead. Fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. So he's saying, listen, I've made you hard-hearted. I've made, you, I've made your forehead hard. I've made, you, I've made you just as tough as they are. You don't worry about what they say. You don't worry about what they do. Because I'm in your corner. I've got your back. Hey, listen, they may be hard-headed, but I made you hard-headed to go against them. Right? I'm going, I'm going to put you against them. I'm going to tell you, get you to tell them what I'm saying. And if they don't listen to you, don't worry. They didn't listen to me either. Don't worry about that. But they will be, but one of these days when they stand before me, like I said earlier, I'm going to say, what about Ezekiel? He told you. Oh yeah, that's right. He did tell me, didn't he? 
So this is a difficult task, right? A difficult task for Ezekiel to do, to stand before these, these hard-hearted, impotent, rebellious house, to stand before them and tell them that, that woe and lamentation and mourning is coming. I mean, it's at hand pretty much. He's saying, it's coming. It's coming. So and um, let's see the theme of God's message. We, we continue on in Ezekiel chapter 7, verses 5 through 9. It says this. We see the theme of the message of a message for Israel. The theme, God's theme, it's throughout the whole book of Ezekiel. And I tried to take just a little bit out. I mean, we could be here all day if we went through the whole thing. But we, we just go through a little bit of it. It says in verse 7 of chapter, or chapter 7, verse number 5, excuse me. Chapter 7, verse uh, number 5. Thus saith the Lord God, an evil, and only evil, behold, is come. An end is come. The end is come. It watcheth for thee. Behold, it is come. The morning is come unto thee. O thou that dwellest in the land, the time is come. The day of trouble is near. And not the sounding again of the mountains. Now will I shortly pour out my fury upon thee and accomplish mine anger upon thee. And I will judge thee according to thy ways and will recompense thee for all thine abominations. All thine abominations. And mine eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. I will recompense thee according to thy ways and thine abominations that are in the midst of thee. And ye shall know that I am the Lord that smiteth. So he said abominations, all the abominations, all the abominations. And I looked up what the word abomination. Anything that is greatly disliked or abhorred. What God is saying, all these things that you're doing that I cannot stand. I cannot, I hate it pretty much. He's saying, ah, that's an abomination to me. I think about today in the world that we live in. The abominations of this world, of, the, of this country. I'll just narrow it down to this country. The abominations of this country that we're living in. Oh, the things that you can't hardly go a day without hearing about and how it's being praised as pride, right? This is the month, like we're ending the pride month, aren't we? Well, that I'm telling you, what comes before a fall? Pride cometh before a fall, right? So God's saying here, look at this strong wording here, my fury is upon thee. I'm, I'm telling you, and accomplish my, he said, I'm going to accomplish my anger upon thee. I will judge thee according to thy ways. I will recompense thee for all thine abominations. You think about abominations. What are abominations? Well, I just, just a few here, just a couple here. For Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22, thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. God said it. I didn't say it. Don't get mad at me. He's the one that said it. God said you are, uh, that, that this pride that you have in this world today, it's an abomination. It's an abomination. It is something that I greatly dislike. It is something I abhor. Abhor, that's a, oh, that's a, that's a harsh word. That is something I hate. And then you're, you're, you're priding it. Hey, you're, you're, you're just parading it around like it's something great and wonderful. Hey, be proud of who you are. Be proud that you're a sinner. Be proud that you're an abomination to God. Be proud that you're taking part in these things. Hey, I'm telling you, you want to provoke God to anger, you just tell Him how prideful that you are. You you, I'm telling you, nation of, of the United States of America, you hang gay, you hang those uh, rainbow flags outside the White House, the highest house of our country, and you're just going to provoke God to anger. He says, I hate it. It's an abomination. I'm going to judge you. 
United States of America. I see it coming, don't you? I see it. And we're, we're here this morning preaching the Word of God. And where are, where's everybody else at? I'm telling you. I looked yesterday. You think about in this world today, and you get to chapter... Uh, chapter... Anyway, you get to one of these chapters here soon. I think I've got it wrote down. Anyway, he comes up. He talks about the church and the judgment that comes upon the church and the children of Israel. You think about the church today. I'm not talking about our church. I'm not talking West Side Baptist Church. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the Methodists who've separated from each other because some of them say that we can we can ordain homosexual ministers. Well, some of them say that we can we can go along with that. I'm telling you, we can't go along with that. I'm telling you, he says, and I ain't even, I ain't even there yet. I've got it wrote down somewhere. The church of Israel. I'm telling you, look, look at chapter 8 real quick. Let me go there. Chapter 8, verse uh, chapter 8, verse 3, 3 through 6. Let me see. And he put forth the, the form of an hand and took me by the lock of mine head. And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heavens and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looked look north, looked toward the north. Where was the seed of the image of jealousy, which provoketh to jealousy? And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw on the plain. So he's taking him up to the house. He's, he's taking him up to the temple. This is where he's at right here. He's in the temple. He's, he, look, then said he unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now, the way toward the north. So I lifted up mine eyes, the way towards the north. And behold, northward at the gate of the altar... This is in the church. Look, this is in the church. The altar. This image of jealousy in the entry. So what they were doing in the church was bringing in idols. To worship idols. He said, I was jealous. These are things of jealousy. The image of jealousy. These things that you're worshiping that are not me. These things that the church, the people in the church were worshiping, but they were not worshiping God. And God said, it was an image of jealousy to me. I was jealous over the things that they were doing. The things that they brought into the church. And he says this, he says, and he said, furthermore, unto me, son of man, seest thou what they do? What he's saying is church, church, he's telling us today, seest thou what they do? Look at what they're doing, church. He says this, seest thou what they do? He says, even the great abominations that the house of Israel committeth here, that I should go far off from my sanctuary. He's saying this, he's saying, they brought all this abomination into the churches and they've driven me away. He said, I must go far off from the sanctuary. I should, he's saying, they're forcing me out of the house of God. He said, they are forcing me away with all their idols and all the things that they're worshiping today. I'm telling you, what was that church in Texas that decided to have a drag show? How about that church, right? How about them? How about all those churches? Like we just mentioned ago, Methodist churches that are separating from their faith because they can't even come to a decision of whether they want to allow homosexual, homosexual ministers in their church. The Methodist church is having separation. I believe it was 200... 46 churches in an article I read that separated from the Holston whatever Valley Conference or whatever. They separated from the Methodist church because they don't, some of them don't believe it, but some of them do. They're allowing, they're accepting all these th- things in the church. I'm telling you what, what, is, what, is, what God's saying is, look, I see all this jealousy. You're making me jealous because of these things that you're allowing into the church. 
says, you can't allow those things. Those things are against me. I'm against those things. They're driving me out of the, they're driving me out of the sanctuary. I'm telling you, the Bible says judgment starts at the house of the Lord. Right? Judgment will start in the house of the Lord. There'll be churches that have to shut their doors. There'll be churches that will die because of the judgment of the Lord. I'm telling you, we as a, we as a Christian, as a Christian body of believers, need to be aware of what's going on in our world today. We need to be aware of, of the judgment that is to come. It's, and you think about another abomination that I didn't get to. Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth to a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. I'm telling you, that church in Texas decided they just have, hey, they, they were allowing the drag shows at some places. So, hey, won't you come into our church and do it? Sickening. You know, I think about us. Does that make you sick? Does that, mourn, does that make you mourn for the church that the shape the church is in today? Does that make you grieve? Because they're driving the Lord out of their church. To, to fit in with the world. To go with the world. To do the things of the world. He said, they're driving me away. The church, even the church is driving me away. You read that. Uh, if you read chapter 8, I ain't going to go into all that. But it goes deeper. He said, let's go. He even tells him, they said, dig into the wall. Open that inner door. What he's saying in, in that is, look at their heart. Their heart is far from me. He said their heart is wicked. It even talks about having, how they're committing abominations in their heart and how they're worshiping idols and worshiping other gods and things like that. This world today, how many religions are there in this, in this nation today? I mean, it's not just Christianity. What else is there? I saw, the, I saw yesterday on, on Facebook the Presbyterian Church in Powell. That's here. That's Knoxville. They're having a, I guess they're having a monthly or a weekly meeting to help parents deal with, with accepting their homosexual children. They're having a meeting for that at a church, driving him out because of their idols, just so they can fit in, right? Just so they can, just so they can celebrate the abomination of Leviticus chapter 18. That's... You say, it ain't here. It is. It's here. It's here. That meeting, that meeting of the Methodist uh, conference that they had where 246 churches decided to split, that meeting was in Knoxville, Tennessee. That meeting, they all gathered from around here and they met in Knoxville, Tennessee and they decided to separate some of them. 246 churches. I couldn't tell by the article whether the 246 were against homosexuality or sexuality or for it. I couldn't. I can't. Couldn't gather that with the article that I read. But maybe somebody else may know. But that's why they split because of that. We got to be careful. But I want you to see. I want you to see something. Also, uh, there's so much to this. Uh, Ezekiel chapter six. In verse 9, I want, you, I want to tell you what this says, and, and I'm probably not going to read this word for word because of young ears that are here, but you can read it. I don't want to say some of these words, but it says, And they escaped of, the, of you, 
And they that escape of you, remember me among the nations, whether they shall be carried captives because I am broken. This is God speaking. He says, I am broken. Can you see the heart of God? Listen to me. Have you, how many of you have ever been through a heartbreak? I mean, really, think about you broke up, teenage puppy love, whatever, broke up. I remember many nights crying over April when we broke up. I, <clears throat> I think about that. If I could have took that pain away, I would have, right? Listen, God don't have to feel that. He doesn't have to feel that pain. He is God. He don't have to feel that. But what He is saying here, I feel like, I feel like somebody who's been cheated on. I feel like my wife has left me for another man. I feel like he, she doesn't love me no more. That's what God says I feel like. You remember that feeling whenever you had that, that breakup or whatever. You remember that feeling of being heartbroken. And this is what God's saying. He said, I God could have done this. I'm never going to feel that way because I'm God. But because He loves us so much and He wants to feel the love for us so much, He allows Himself to feel that way so that He can be broken like we've been broken. So He can be broken. And then look at this. Every day, every hour, every minute, there's people in this world that He's broken for. He probably feels that way continuously, the way the world is today. Do you not think that he's broken? Listen, God said, I am broken. I'm broken because of the sin that you're committing, because of the things that you're doing that I said were an abomination, but you continue doing it anyway. I'm broken. He's not broken. He's broken because of the sin that they commit, the sins that we commit, the things that we do, because we go against him. He said, You're just like a, 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 a he said, You're just like a wife that left his husband. You've left me, and I am broken. He says, I'm broken with their adulterous heart, which hath departed from me, and with their eyes which go out adultering after their idols. And they shall load themselves for the evils which they have committed in all their abominations. He said, well, those that, are, those that remain, they're going to look back at this and they're going to see that I am God and I was broken because I had to do this. He said, I'm broken. The love of God that He is broken. I, I, just, I just saw that in a different way. That He didn't have to feel that way, but He does. Because that's how, how intense, that's how intimate that He wants to be with you. That's, how, that's the kind of relationship He wants to have with you. Hey, we're the bride of Christ, right? If we're born again, child, children of God, we're going to be the bride of Christ. And listen, if we're a bride that's, a, that's committing adultery against Him, I'm telling you, how broken does He feel? I'm telling you, the abominations of the world, the abominations um, of this country... The abomination. And then well, there's uh, chapter 9. We'll go there. And I believe this will be it. I was thinking about the what I read in Deuteronomy chapter 22. The man should not wear a woman's garments. What we need in this world, in this country today, is men that don't put on women's clothes, but put on the whole armor of God. Right? 
You think, oh, let me, I'm going to go there real quick, just real quick. I'll be right back. Don't, don't go with me. But it's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I'm telling you, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood and against principalities, against powers, and against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weaknesses, wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having a breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench with all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Lord, which is the word of God. We need, less, we need, we need more men putting on the armor of God than we do men putting on women's clothing. That's what we need in this world today. So, back to Ezekiel chapter 9. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 36. Um, am I right? Zeke, th- chapter 9, verses 3 through 6. Excuse me. And the glory of the Lord of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed with linen. So now the, the, this is like a picture of God slowly departing away. I think God was like, I don't really want to do this but I'm fixing to have to. So he's starting slowly dark, departing away. And he called to the man clothed in linen, which had the rider's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the sea, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abomination that, he, that be done in the midst thereof. So he's saying, Go through and mark those that are mourning over the things that are happening. Remember I asked you earlier, I said, does this not make you sick? Does this not make you mourn? Does this not make you grieve the things that are going on in this world today? He says this, he said, go through and mark them on their forehead. I would have to say, put a little cross on their forehead, so to speak. And, and to the others, he said, in mine hearing, go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eye spare, neither have ye pity. Stay utterly old uh, slay, sorry, slay, slay, kill utterly your old and young, both maids and little children and women. But come not near any man upon whom the mark, this mark is, whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary, begin at the house of the Lord. Then they began at the, the elders, ancient men, the elders, which were before the house. So what he's saying here is, go through and mark those. I'm telling you, I think, some of, I think a lot of us, we, some of us have put our faith in Jesus Christ. I believe there's a mark on our forehead. We can't see it, but I believe the spiritual realm and the demonic realm can see it. But listen, some of us, I think, I think we all got a mark that we can't see. And he said this to that man. He said, that, that one there, he said, go through and put a mark on their head. He said, do not touch them. I like what it said there. It says, it said this, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark. You know what that says? Death. Death. Don't even come near them. What God is doing here, He's sparing those that, that have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I see that in this world today. 
He's sparing those that put their faith and trust in Him. Look, we might be, we, we could be affected by the judgment a little bit because, I mean, who's, if you're in a house and it burns down, you're affected by it, right? We may be affected a little bit, but we will not suffer the judgment that God has for the children, like that, that He has for the United States of America. He's going to spare us. And about, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. He's not appointed us to wrath, right? He's appointed us to salvation, right? Psalms 37, 25, David said this. He said, I've been young and now I'm old. He said, but I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his, his seed begging for bread. Listen, they're going to be going through, the children of Israel, they're going to go through pestilence and they're going to go through starvation. I mean, they're going to go through a rough time because of the judgment of the Lord. But listen, I have the promise of the Scripture that says that if we, if the United States goes through that and we're still here, we may be raptured out of here, but if we're still here, I believe that hey, the righteous has never been forsaken. We won't be begging for bread. And we're not appointed to wrath. We're, appointed, we're, we're, we're to obtain salvation. Now, as we get a song ready this morning, it's, this is the rebellious house, and this is... I didn't want to leave on just doom and gloom. I wanted to, I wanted to finish up on, hey, if you're his, then you're, he's, you're protected. Hey, you're protected by him. You say, well, I'm not sure if I'm protected or not. Well, you better make sure. Better make sure. Listen, we can't go along as, as hard, as easy, as hard, or as hard as it may be. We can't go along with the world. We can't. Well, Ezekiel said, listen, what, what he told Ezekiel, hey, there'll be briars and there'll be thorns. He said, hey, you'll be living amongst the scorpions. And, and you'll be, hey, he said, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You're gonna, hey, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. He said, but you say what I tell you to say. You do what I say. Do what I tell you to. Hey, it may be hard. I'm telling you, I know, I know there's probably a lot of you, a lot of people in here, and I know especially our young people, I've, some of them, they go to school with the homosexuals and they think, well, they're my friends. And, and I know that you all may have family members that have said that they are. And it may be hard. It might be hard. But thus saith the Lord. Right? It's an abomination. Thus saith the Lord. This, this drag, these drag shows are an abomination to the Lord. They are. And I like... What Billy Graham said, he said, if God doesn't judge America, then he owes Sodom and Gomorrah a great apology. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah over these things. He said, if he doesn't judge America, then he owes Sodom and Gomorrah a great apology. Because he destroyed them over it. So I'm telling you, judgment's coming to America. Don't know when it'll happen. I've not got the, he hasn't given me a timeline for when it's going to happen. But it's coming. It's coming. If he's going to, hey, listen, if he'll judge his children, the children of Israel this way, I mean, these are his chosen people. If he'll judge them that way, he might, he not, he's not going to judge us the same way he judged them. Though He does give that promise in Ezekiel. He said, this, I'll never do this again like this. He said, but he will judge us one day. Uh, he will judge the United States of America one day for all the abominations. Look, we're provoking him to anger. Hang those flags on the highest house of the, the country of the United States of America. 
Uh, it was probably building and found, build, built by good, solid Christian men. They probably built the White House with, those Christian, with Christian values. And now we're going to hang the pride flags outside on the banisters of the... Have you seen that picture? Just, just disgusting. I, God sees it. And I, you don't think God's saying, boy, that makes me angry. Keep on, America. Provoke me some more. Provoke me. Keep provoking me and see what happens. Right? How he has, how I agree with you, Lord. I agree. We need to be judged as a country. If we don't repent, we need to be judged. Right? As we get a song ready, if you're not prepared for that judgment, you don't want to be judged by the Lord, then I would say you get your heart right with the Lord. As we stand and sing, what song shall we sing?